Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. But Pastor Lewis, what are you talking about? The man said. I've never been a slave. And then he referenced to me and included me with himself and he said, We've never been slaves. This man was not a member of Grace Lutheran Church, but he used to attend quite a bit. In fact, he was known for being the man who would attend all the churches in Crescent City, and he was kind of the self-appointed judge of the teaching. He wanted to see how all the churches were teaching, and he used to say that he liked our church among the best, because we were so word-centered, he said. But when he came to my office that day, it was to complain about what was wrong with us Lutherans and especially us Lutheran pastors. And this is what he said. You spend too much time talking about Jesus. Ah, you laugh. I laughed. But then he had a response. He said, well, you know, the other churches in town don't spend as much time talking about Jesus. And he pointed out the premier church that was the fastest growing one in Crescent City. And then he said, and I like to watch the preachers on TV And they don't talk about Jesus as much as you guys do. And he pointed out the premier pastor on television that he liked the most. And then he said, and I read all the modern Christian bestsellers, and Jesus isn't as central there either. And then he said, your problem is, is you seem to be fixated on what is wrong. You're fixated on sin and on death and on the devil's power, all these negative things. And that was the problem. And he said, you know, I I know that the death and resurrection of Jesus is central to the Christian message. But then he pointed out, he said, I accepted Jesus as my Savior so long ago, and I've moved beyond all of that. And his advice to me was, well, we ought to do the same thing. He even said, I want to hear less about Jesus and more about the Father and the Holy Spirit. But by Father, he didn't mean the one who sent his Son into the world to save the world, although I'm sure he would have agreed with that. He meant the guy who blesses us and gives us stuff and who has established all of these neat principles that if we follow them, that we will be blessed. And this is all spelled out in the Bible, and you Lutherans hardly talk about it at all. And by the Holy Spirit, he did not mean the one that Jesus sent to his disciples to remind them of what he had said so that they would remain in his word and truly be his disciples He meant the guy who gives us stuff, gives us gifts, gifts of power, he said, so we can have really cool and dynamic lives. And yes, he used the word cool. He said, I want to hear more about Jesus. I mean, I want to hear less about Jesus and more about me. But by that, he didn't mean the call to discipleship, self-denial, cross-bearing, following Jesus, or even the call to remain in his word. But he meant something more like, you know, discovering the champion within This is my Bible, it is who I say that I am, and that must be something good, right? And so I pressed him on that. I pressed him on why redemption is the central thing, the central message for us Christians about the power of sin, and when I talked about redemption, that's where he balked, and he said, Pastor Lewis, what are you talking about? If you talk redemption, then you're assuming that I'm a slave, but I've never been a slave. And then he said, we, we've we've never been slaves, We're Americans, Pastor. We've never been slaves to anyone. Now, you may say this man is guilty of a gross confusion of the two kingdoms. 
when he interprets American freedom as the same freedom we have before God. But you know, he was really stating overtly, and maybe in a very bold and ridiculous fashion, what many people, many Christians in our society, and perhaps even ourselves, sometimes think. That we are basically free. And if you're an American, you're free because God made you an American. And that was his argument. God made me free when he allowed me, blessed me to be born in this country. Therefore, anything Jesus did was going to be secondary at best. Very strange. Those who think they are already free apart from Jesus Christ will have no need for Jesus Christ and what he did, even if they believe in him. In the gospel lesson today, Jesus was speaking to the Jews of Jerusalem who believed in him. They believed in him not because of the signs, but now because of the words that he had said. But when he promised them freedom, they balked. They were scandalized. If he says he can make them free, that means they're not free. That means they're slaves. And that's where they balked. We are Abraham's descendants. We've never been anyone's slaves, ever. How is it possible, Jesus, that you can say, you will be free? Well, in the same way that the healthy man doesn't need a doctor, or at least the man who thinks he's healthy, the free man doesn't need a redeemer, or at least the man who thinks he's free. Whether it's because he's the offspring of Abraham or because he's an American, if he sees his freedom coming from anywhere other than what Jesus Christ did, then he won't see any need for Jesus, even if he believes in Jesus. When that man came to me that day, I was truly tempted. Because I knew that he was saying in a very overt and ridiculous fashion what a lot of people believe. Even people in my congregation, and to be honest, yes, sometimes even what I believed deep down inside. I'm an American, I'm free, I'm basically good. But if that's the case, what do I need Jesus for? And so, as we commemorate the Reformation today, we can ask the question, why does the Lutheran Reformation matter still in this context where we are called to confess the faith and we are called to minister the gospel? And one reason it matters is that the Reformation, with its two-kingdom distinction, will not allow for the muddling of this idea of freedom. Yes, the freedom that you Americans have as Americans, applies as you relate to the governing authorities and one another. That's not how you are before, you, before you're God. Before God, you are not free and autonomous individuals. You are his creatures. And, the Reformation would add, you are lost and condemned creatures. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The sin does not remain in the household. The, 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 the slave does not remain in the household forever. He has no rights. He has no standing. He has no permanent place. And the Reformation, in its confession, in Article 2 of the Augsburg Confession, confesses clearly who we are apart from Christ. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. You are a slave to sin. Unless. Unless the Son sets you free. That word of gospel. The Son remains in the household forever. 
And so if the Son sets you free, you will be truly free. Now suddenly, Jesus Christ and what he did isn't secondary at all. It has no place but to be front and center in what we confess and in what we say. I am a slave. I have no permanent place. He has the permanent place. He has set me free. You're a slave. You have no permanent place. But he has a permanent place, and he has set you free. John calls him the Lamb of God who took up the sins of the world. And he was slaughtered and sacrificed for those sins. And thus he broke the power that sin has over you. And when he rose again, he appeared to his disciples, and he breathed on them the breath of life, gave to them the Holy Spirit, gave to them the ministry of his word, the ministry of proclaiming forgiveness, and also of retaining sins, so that this word would come down to you. But it's interesting, before he appeared to them, he appeared to Mary Magdalene. And he told Mary to tell them, I now go up to my father and to your father, to my God and to your God. My God, your God. My Father, your Father. Do you hear how the status has changed? The disciples had been faithless to Jesus, but he was faithful to his Father and to them. And now his Father is their Father. They are no longer slaves. They're children who will remain in the household forever. And in this way, the gospel has come to you. In this way, you have been called. That word of Christ, that apostolic word, has come to you in baptism and in the proclamation. And the Son has set you free from the power of sin. The Son has set you free to be children of God. You will remain in the household forever. Yes, it falls to us now to be faithful, to remain in the word of Jesus Christ. And yet, whether you're an American who is a Christian, or a Christian who may not be an American, there's no better place to be, no better place to remain in that saving, powerful word of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Son has set you free. You are truly free. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.